Welcome to another episode of Confessions of a PYP Teacher. I'm Lou Gerlach and welcome to confession number seven. Inquiry is a process. Now as we try to introduce inquiry into our classrooms, it can be very overwhelming for some. And that is normal. Be kind to yourself. Because oftentimes questions arise is where do I start? Okay, I've got all these strategies, great, but where do I begin? What additional tools am I going to need in order to make this happen? Um, that's a consideration, especially in this virtual space. If I'm virtual, if I'm hybrid, if I'm face to face, but I've got shields up, how do I make inquiry happen in those types of environments? And how can I break it down for my students so they understand the process and they can replicate it on their own without me? That's our ultimate goal as educators, is how can we expose our students to multiple ways of doing things, but also lead to greater independence of thought, of process, of ideas. And when we're going through this process of establishing ourselves in inquiry, it's normal to have all these questions. So what we've tried to do is create some short videos for you called Inquiry Snacks. You can find them at thinkchat2020.weebly.com and um, the link will be attached. And we created three of each of the Inquiry Thinking Strategies. Reminder what those are. That's the engaging, challenging, relevant and significant strategy that we talked about in our second podcast. We went in out of the group of eight. We then zoomed in on what's our top three, the ones that we would start off right away in supporting our kids to be able to hook them regardless of the learning setting. Now, what's really nice is that um, there's a total of 12 videos. They are one to three minutes in length. They're quite short. And they also go a little bit deeper into the process when you are considering implementing. They are truly bite-sized snacks, just to kind of give you food for thought. Because we know that this can, right now, it's an overwhelming time, right? But we can't give up great teaching practice because we're uncertain. That's not fair to you as a teacher who's so passionate, who came into this profession and remains in this profession because of their passion to help open the minds of young children. And it's also not fair to our students that they are given old-fashioned traditional learning structures during this time because it's scary for everyone. I don't think that's fair either. And so how do we then apply what we know of good practice to this virtual hybrid learning space? And that's where, um, that really is what inspired this whole movement of creating this podcast, creating the guides, creating the blog posts, and creating other, um, materials that are currently in the works. So before you take your snack break, just remember 
that inquiry is all about the process. It's not about a cutie patootie product you put up on the wall. Because once that project is done, if children have not focused on the process, they won't be able to replicate anything that they've done because you've guided everything. You've done all the thinking. They've done nothing. They've been told what to do. And so inquiry is all about getting children to pose questions, to test out those wonderings, to make meaning of the learning. And they be the drivers of that process. And meanwhile, the teachers are there, reminder, as a guide, posing more questions to deepen their thinking, to help them um, clear up those misconceptions. But remember, if we want children to inquire, this process needs to be modeled. We can't just expect children to naturally go from zero to 60 with no steps in between. It also has to be tried out together. And we have to do think alouds of like, oopsie, I made this mistake, maybe you should avoid this, right? Or oopsie, this mistake, even though it was a mistake, it helped me to learn more about this process. And then it also has to be adapted. It's not a one size fits all. I think that's the number one constraint of inquiry for most teachers who are used to traditional settings is that they're used to, hey, I deliver one piece of content and all children need to adapt in order to go towards that content. Instead, we're saying, no, we need to take our content and modify it according to the needs of our learners. That's what it means to be truly differentiated. So now that's clear, take a peek at our video section. It's also on YouTube um, in our uh, channel of our um, Think Chat uh, channel, Think Chat 2020. Um, you can see all of the videos as well. And when you're thinking about getting ready and you're ready to implement, and then you implement some of the strategies to your students, you're then going to feel more comfortable because it takes practice. It's going to take practice for you. It's going to take practice for your students. And as we know, as we become more comfortable then you become more confident both you and your learners that's so important we need to feel confident in this process because then we can take on more chunks that are that will help us to deepen our understanding but next i will gladly suggest to you that you read works of kath murdoch amazing her works blow my mind and you might want to think about, okay, how am I going to get my kids to go through an inquiry process? Not maybe necessarily a cycle, but like the process of investigating. There is a process. Just like the scientific method, there's an inquiry process. And how are we going to provide opportunities, especially in this virtual space during COVID? How are you going to get kids to research things when there's dead time? How are you going to spark and give them a little bit more ownership of those times when you're tired of being on and they're tired of having to listen to you? Well, you still have instructional time. What are you going to do to spark them to want to learn more? That's what the power of inquiry is all about. 
And, you know, just like preparing a large meal. I love this analogy. Inquiry takes certain ingredients. It takes a lot of time. That's why a lot of teachers don't do it. Gonna own it. Takes time. But also takes space. You need to consider in the learning space, the virtual space, the in-person space, they need room to do things. They need room to explore. And they also need materials. So they're gonna need multimodal um, experiences. Yes, there's a computer to research, but there's also books, magazines. There's also articles, blogs, you know, vlogs, uh, YouTube videos. All of these things contextualize for our students' research. It's all equally valid because it helps them to make relevant and significant connections that they otherwise would not do. And inquiry follows a, you know, a recipe plan, which is a process. It's just not willy-nilly. And a lot of people have this misnomer that, oh, they're just find out for themselves. No, there's a process of questioning, of testing, of exploring, of analyzing and making meaning. And you got to know what that process is. And I would highly recommend that that's something that you look at. And it also needs time to marinate. That's the, the biggest thing about inquiry is time. Kids need time to be able to meld all those ideas together and walk away with meaning. This requires you to be patient. This requires you as an educator to see the learners as young, capable people who can do, who will rise up to the challenge if you just back off and release some of the control. And as a teacher of nearly two decades, I will own it. That was one of the hardest things for me to do was ease up the control when I first learned about inquiry. But the most beautiful thing is when students surpass your even remote possibilities. They surpass it by double because of their unlimited capacity to think and make connections. And when they do that, and they bring in new ideas that you had never even considered because of their backgrounds and what they've been exposed to, it is unbelievable. And I think what is also very fascinating to me is the idea of that people think that inquiry, PYP, IB is for largely gifted and talented students in large Caucasian neighborhoods. I work in an all black neighborhood. Well, I shouldn't say all, we have 35 Hispanic students and the rest are black uh, American students. And we are building capacity with inquiry. That's our number one focus this year. And I just cannot wait to see the magic that comes out of our students who are some of the poorest in our city. But it doesn't matter. Inquiry doesn't look at those factors. Inquiry grasps the imagination of young learners, takes them to a place that they never imagined, and changes them. 
And if we don't allow this journey to happen, think of back to your original desire, your golden circle, your passion of why you began this journey in the first place was to change lives. And so we have to be kind to ourselves. We have to be kind to our students by releasing some of that control. And we're going to start talking about this in our next um, podcast on agency and inquiry and looking at that relationship. So this has been another episode of Confessions of a PYP Teacher. Woo! So much learning. I know that uh, you are here. So happy you're here. This isn't the snazziest podcast, but it's real. We're trying to make difference in our lives, in the lives of our students. And that's that takes that doesn't take much. It just takes passion and it takes dedication. See you in the next episode. Reminder, tons of new resources at thinkchat2020.weebly.com. Go check it out. Talk to you soon.